Today, the church celebrates one of the seven minor feasts, Covenant Thursday. And it's a feast in the midst of a week that's characterized by the passion of our good Savior. And on this day, the Lord instituted a new covenant, a new beginning, a new start of something something new. He instituted the Eucharist, and he instituted a mystery or a sacrament by which the church now can be in communion with the Lord. And that is why today is a covenant Thursday, is called Covenant Thursday, and that's why today is a minor feast of the church. But today, on this day, the Lord also did something very important. And it was in the gospel that we read during the liturgy of the water, and that was that the Lord washed the feet of the disciples. And today I wanted to share with you a few meditations on the washing of the feet of the disciples. From the passage in John chapter 13, the Lord makes it very clear why he washed the feet of the disciples. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for I am so. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, so you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. And then he ended this verse with a very beautiful uh, saying. He said, if you know these things, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. So today I would like to talk about four things that we can do, four things that we can do, or four things that we can learn from the Lord Jesus Christ washing the feet of the disciples. In order to serve properly, or to be a a true Christian, we must be filled with divine love. We have to be filled with divine love. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples because of his immense love toward the disciples. This is written in the gospel. It says at the beginning of this passage, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved, having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. When the Lord was washing the feet of the disciples, I don't think he was sad or miserable and saying, Ugh, his feet are so stinky. Why? Why am I doing this? Ugh, why am I doing all this hard labor? The Lord was driven, had immense love. He had divine love. And we also, we have to be driven by love. If we are not driven by love, then our service, then our life, our relationship, will become dreadful. When we're asked to do things, say, oh, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, I can't. It's too uh, smelly. It's too much work. It's too. But if we are driven by divine love, then it will be no problem. It was the immense love that was in the heart of the good Samaritan that drove him to help the wounded Israelite. In essence, the Good Samaritan, he did more than wash the feet 
of this wounded man. He took him to the inn. He anointed his body. He paid for his, his accommodation. Today we need to ask ourselves, do we have this spirit that the Lord Jesus Christ has, this spirit of love? Do we have the spirit of love that the Good Samaritan has, that he loved his neighbor? Are we filled with the divine love that the Lord requires of us? Each one should think about today what drives us in our service, what drives us in our relationships. Because if we are not driven by divine love, we will burn out. We will burn out. That's why I I love St. Paul. St. Paul, he would never be burned out. You know, servants, they say, oh, we burned out. No, St. Paul would never burn out. Why would St. Paul never burn out? Because he's filled with divine love. That's why he said, from the Jews... Five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Like, that's enough. As he goes on, night and day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of own countrymen, in perils of Gentiles, in perils of city, in perils of wilderness, in perils of sea, in perils of false brethren, in weariness, in toil. And sleeplessness often. Like St. Paul, why, why continue? St. Paul will say, I'm filled with divine love. I have to keep going. In hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness, beside the other things which come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Divine love is the fuel in the heart of the Christian. It is what keeps us going. Otherwise, every time we're in a disagreement, every time something happens, we'll be, eh, I don't want to. It's this is not rooted in divine love. Number two, we can learn from the Lord Jesus Christ that when he came to wash the feet of his disciples, it's written that he took off his garment and then he girded himself with the towel. When the Lord took off the garment, he exposed himself. He emptied himself. This is the idea, St. Augustine and some of the fathers, they say that when he took off the garment, it reminds us of what St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, or he emptied himself. Or in another translation, it says he stripped himself. He stripped himself of all the privileges and the rightful dignity, so as to assume the guise of a servant or a slave, and that he became like men and born of a human being. We need to learn from Christ that we need to strip ourselves We need to expose ourselves, to humble ourselves. And I think we can do this in three different ways to expose ourselves. One, we expose ourselves in the sacrament of repentance and confession. Confession is bringing out what is hidden and what was done in the secret and admitting it openly. I will take what I did in private and now I will say it to everyone. To my father of confession. This is a kind of exposing. It is taking off. 
This is the kind of taking off that St. Peter did the first time he met the Lord Jesus Christ. When St. Peter met the Lord Jesus Christ and he saw the boat filling with all the fish, he said, he fell down in front of the Lord and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Everyone should expose themselves, expose their sins. Do not try to cover our sins. The Lord will cover our sins once we expose them to Him. You know, it reminded me of in the Old Testament, when the Old Te- in the Old Testament, when the priest wanted to go into the Holy of Holies, first what he would have to do is strip down, and then to wash himself, and then to put on different clothes, and then go into the Holies of Holies. If we want to go into the holies of holies, we need to expose ourselves. We must allow the Lord to wash our feet and to be washed. Another way that we can expose ourselves is by doing things that sometimes are below our pay grade. To do things below our pay grade. Sometimes in service. Sometimes in relationships, in life as a Christian, it is necessary for us, it is very necessary for us to do things that are sometimes not always the most glamorous things. Perhaps it is necessary for us to do something that is a little degrading. Perhaps it is, it is, is necessary to do something taxing or difficult. For example, oftentimes it becomes necessary for one spouse to maybe do the dishes or to do laundry or to do something, maybe something not used to. But because he's driven by divine love, he will do those things. And this is the type and the quality that the Lord Jesus Christ had. He took the form of a servant. And he did things that were not proper for him to do. And that's why St. Peter and many of the fathers, they actually praise St. Peter for stopping what the Lord... For is How? How can the master of us now wash my feet? Of course I will stop. But when the Lord told him, no, you have to, you have to let me do this, he said, then wash everything in utter obedience. Actually, the fathers praise St. Peter for this, this quality of him. Another way to expose ourselves is to speak of the grace of God in our life. We expose what the Lord has done in our life. I love the Samaritan woman because the Samaritan woman exposed herself in this way. Do you remember what the Samaritan woman or what is said about her in the Gospel of John chapter 4? It says many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. He told me all that I ever did. So what did you do, Samaritan woman? It means that she went and told them all that she ever did. And this man is telling me all the things I ever did. She exposed herself. That's why I also love about St. Paul. St. Paul, when he was talking to Timothy, when he was talking to the Galatians, when he's talking to many people, he always reminds 
Timothy and the Galatians of where he came from and the grace of God and what the grace of God has done for him. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he has counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And then to the Galatians, he said, you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church and I did all these things. But when it pleased God, who separated me from the mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. The idea is that St. Paul is willing to share with the others what the Lord did with him. In our day of atheism, it's no wonder people are confused about God. Because actually many people, even in the church, are confused about God. Say, where is God? Where is and, and have doubts about God. Apologetics is great and beautiful. But the best apologetics is to expose oneself to be vulnerable, to share the reality, to share the reality of God's presence around us and in our life. We need to expose what the Lord has done for us. When someone says, how do you know God is true, Joe? You should say, I know God is true because God did this, 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 this with me. Then how could anyone have doubt in you? The third lesson we can learn from the Lord is a lesson on true leadership in the church. And new, tr- true leadership in, in the role of a family, true leadership in many different dynamics. Notice how the Lord is not an armchair leader. Are you familiar with the term armchair leader? An armchair leader is a term used to describe a leader who likes to sit in his chair and bark orders. You do this. You do this. You do this. Come here. Do this. Do this. Do that. The Pharisees were armchair leaders. They loved their position. And the Lord criticized them saying, they make their phylacteries broad. The phylactery is a, like a box that they used to put the scriptures in. So it was a sign that they're men of prayer. And enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at the feast and the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But one bad thing about the Lord, or about the, the Pharisees, sorry. One bad thing about the Pharisees that the Lord calls them out for is that they were armchair leaders. He said, for you bind people with burdens hard to bear. But you yourself will not move them with one of your fingers. Means that the Pharisees love to be back there and just sit in, in their chair, chilling. This is not the type of leadership that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, taught or exemplified in his life. That's why if you read the story of the washing of the feet very carefully, the fathers of this, the church, they pick on verse 4. In verse 4 of John 13, it says, He rose up. All the disciples were sitting. It says, He rose up from supper and laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself. 
After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet. Notice that who was doing everything? The Lord Jesus Christ, because he was leading by example. Not to say that we shouldn't delegate and have roles and responsibilities, but the leader should be on the ground. The leader should be leading. The leader should be with his people. Problems came for David when he became an armchair leader. And when he was sitting at home and his army was out war and he's just sitting chilling and barking orders from home, then he fell into sin. The servants, they have to be on the front lines of the church. Yeah, you, you can't have a servant leading from like, I know now we're all stuck at home, but in general, you can't have a servant leading from home. It has to be on the front lines. has to be meeting, has to be greeting, has to be do. It won't work just to be behind the scenes like this. The fourth and most difficult lesson that we can learn from the Lord today is that, and many of the fathers, they said many beautiful contemplations on this, is that the Lord washed the feet of his enemy Judas. But teaches us that we need to wash the feet of our enemies. We need to wash the feet of our enemies. The fathers, they're all in agreement. Actually, St. John Chrysostom says that Judas was the first disciple that the Lord washed his feet. And then St. Peter was shocked that why would the disciple let, why would Judas let, why would Judas let the Lord Jesus Christ wash his feet? So he made a scene and said, no, I will not let you wash my feet. But the idea that, that the Lord wanted to teach us is that I will wash the feet even for my enemies. Even the one who a few moments later is going to betray me. Even the one who backstabbed me. The one who ate at my table. And the one who talked bad about me and, and gave me up to the enemies. I will wash his feet. This is what St. Cyril of Alexandria says. He says, Jesus clearly knew that Jesus felt no kindness. Jesus clearly knew that Judas felt no kindness or wise consideration for his master. He also knew that Judas was full of devilish, bitter poison. And even while his feet were being washed by Jesus, he was devising the means to betray him. Nevertheless, Jesus honored him just as much as the rest of the disciples and washed his feet as well, continually exhibiting his own unique love. We want... This spirit, this spirit that loves to wash the feet, even of our enemies. That's why one of our greatest saints, Saint Beshoi, loved to wash the feet. And when he saw a stranger walking by, he said, please, please let me wash your feet. Let me wash your feet. And then the stranger came in and it turned out that the stranger was the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times... I think we have missed out on opportunities to meet the Lord Jesus Christ because we have refused or maybe we were too busy or maybe we didn't realize and we didn't wash the feet of someone who needed it. I hope we have this spirit that is always willing to wash the feet of one another. We should be filled with divine love. We need to remember to expose ourselves 
and, and all those things that exposing ourselves means. We need to lead by example and not from the armchair. And we need to wash the feet of all, not just the ones that we love or that we're close to, but we should wash the feet even of our enemies. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Be so my name.